Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to be with you once again to begin a brand new week of teachings. This week, we're going to talk about pulling down strongholds. Hallelujah. Well, Holy Father, I acknowledge that your word is right. And it is written, Lord Jesus, that your mighty power is working on the inside of me. That greater are you that is in me than he that is in the world. Glory, hallelujah. That it is you who is at work within me, both the will and the do of your good pleasure. So, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you are going to work mightily, Lord, through me, Lord, as I edify my brothers and sisters. So, Lord, give me utterance, Lord, for you are made unto me wisdom. Lord, give me utterance, Lord Jesus, and cause me, Lord, to edify, Lord, Cause me to be a blessing, Father, and cause the anointing, Father, to fall upon the hearers of your word. For the words that I will speak today, they shall not return void, but it will accomplish a mighty work that you have intended it to do in the name of the Lord Jesus. I hear the Spirit of God saying um, that some of you have high blood pressure and uh, some of you have diabetes. And the Spirit of God is saying, if you are listening intently to these words, that thing will be a thing of the past. Hallelujah. Now let's go to 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. And let's start at the third verse. It reads, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk after the flesh. Let me say that again. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Now in the Old Testament, they walked in the flesh and they warred after the flesh. You can read it all through the Old Testament. God is called the Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts mean the Lord of angel armies. The Lord of Armies. Well, in the New Testament, because it's a covenant of love, we still fight a war. God is still the Lord of Hosts, but we don't necessarily war with the natural weapons anymore. In the book of um, Hebrews. The writer, who I believe is Paul, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, states that the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. So you, you fight your warfare with the word of God by using words out of your mouth. But you are fighting a warfare. Jesus, in his earthly ministry, set men free all with words. When he raised Lazarus from the dead, he used words. He said, Lazarus, come forth. When Paul in the book of Acts, raised one from the dead, he used words. 
He said, in the name of Jesus, get up or come forth. Peter, the same thing. They use words to defeat the enemy. One died when Peter was preached. Uh, uh, Peter wasn't pre one died when Paul was preaching, and another one died in the presence of Peter. Both of them imitating Christ, because the Bible says, Be ye imitators of Christ, use words. And the power is in the name of Jesus. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to that name and they are safe. So you have to get in your mind that you are a warrior. The Lord want me to impress on you all spirit this week that you are a warrior. And you need to tell yourself, you need to confess it right now. I am a warrior for Christ. You need to say that. Say, I am a warrior for Christ. But see, for though we walk in the flesh... We do not war after the flesh. Now, I already quoted a scripture from Hebrews, the fourth chapter, when it says the sword of the spirit is the word of God. So whatever situation you have, you need to find out what the word of God says about your situation. Now, I hadn't forgot about you that have high blood pressure and diabetes. Verse four, it says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, if a person has any kind of sickness, that is a stronghold. If, if it's lingering of a long continuance, it is under a curse. It's a curse, see, because in Deuteronomy 28, it calls sickness of a long continuance a curse. That's what it calls it. It calls it a curse. And curses are brought forth because of sin. Whether your sins or the sins of your ancestors. But what Jesus did, according to Galatians 3 and 13 and 14, he has redeemed us from the curse of Deuteronomy 28, from the curse of the law. Jesus became a curse for us that the blessings of Abraham might fall on the Gentiles through faith. Faith is released by words. Paul, in his writings, called this the word of faith. Abraham is the father of faith. He called those things to be not as though they were. He was strong in faith, giving glory, glory to God. And against hope, he believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. Hope is your imagination. Some people have no hope. They get a diagnosis. They say, well, my it runs in my family. I guess I'm going to be like this. That is not having hope. You got to have hope before faith will come. Just like you got to plant a seed and it got to have a stalk and a stem and all of that before the fruit can come. Hope is a part of faith, but it's not faith. But if you don't have any hope, you can never produce faith. So you must have a positive imagination or you must have hope. Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, your hope is in the word. 
you must know what the word of God says pertaining to your case. If the word of God says by his stripes you're healed, God meant that. Now the healing is not automatic. God is at work in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. His mighty power is working in you. You are the ambassador of Christ. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. As you begin to quote, confess or profess what the, the confessions or the professions that I just said, you will begin to build power within yourself. You will begin to begin uh, to build confidence in yourself. It's only when faith, which is the same as confidence, it's only when faith is within you that you can pull the promise out of the spirit. We know that the spirit realm is more powerful than the natural realm. By words, God created the heavens and the earth. By words, he brought forth everything that he brought forth. Now we're going to use our words to regulate the blood pressure and the diabetes. Now say this, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command my blood pressure to be 120 over 80. Say that about three times every day. Now, with your diabetes, say I command my blood sugar to be perfect in the name of the Lord Jesus. Say my pancreas secretes the proper amount of insulin for life and health. You must prophesy over your body to pull that stronghold down. I have a lot to say. I'm out of time. Be blessed. Hello, brothers and sisters. Once again, I'm, I'm glad to be with you to talk about pulling down of, of strongholds. Hallelujah. I bless you. I pour the blood of Jesus Christ upon you, and I say to you that you are somebody. You're royalty. You're kings and priests. You're baptized into the royal family. You are somebody. You are an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you are royalty in the earth realm. Hallelujah. I bless you. And I say, Shalom, peace be upon you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, let's go back to the theme uh, scripture for this week. Second Corinthians, the third, uh, second Corinthians, the 10th chapter and the third verse. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now, in times past, we was brought into obedience of our thoughts. But now we're supposed to bring the thoughts into obedience of the word of God. Jesus Christ is the word of God. He is the written word in flesh. He is the epistle 
of the word, the Lord Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word is God. Now, I might, I might have said that a little off, but you get my point. It's in 1 John. Matter of fact, let me go there. Let me just go there. I can't mess it up if I go there. You might hear my pages turning. I got a Bible with pages this time. Hallelujah. Lord, hallelujah. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Who is that him? The word. And without him was not anything made that was made. What it was made by? The word. The word of God. Words. In him was life. In, in the word. In Jesus is life. And the life was the light of men. Hallelujah. And when you keep reading, you get on down at verse 14. And it says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. So we know that the word is a word of grace and the word is a word of truth. And the word is what you use to bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I'll tell you, I'll tell you an example. Many of you saw the Will Smith incident at the Grammys. And so I was talking to a brother at work and I said, actually, Chris Rock obeyed the word. Now, in the world, a lot of people will call Chris Rock. They'll say he's a sissy. Or some of you even now saying, well, well, D, you be a fool all you want to. I ain't going to let nobody hit me on my face and not do anything about it. That's because you're not dominated by the word that you think that way. Because that's the way my natural mind think. I'm not better than you. My natural mind think the same way you think. Joker hit me. I'm going upside his head. I'm scrubbing him. That's the natural mind. See, it, it talks about us not being carnal. See, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they're mounted through God to the pulling down of strongholds. A lot of you have a spirit of anger. And a spirit of retaliation, and you're unaware of it. And you end up getting a murder case uh, for no reason. You know, uh, uh, even if you get off, you have to deal with the fact that you murdered or uh, killed a man. How many understand that? Because your spirit is, is, is has, you hadn't let your spirit man make you humble. You think you're gonna be the reason that somebody straightened up. Well, when I come around there, I'm gonna get them told. I'm gonna get them straightened up. You want to be the reason that things are straightened up in the natural. You don't want to operate in the spiritual realm and let God be the reason. You will still be the reason, but it won't be in the natural where you got to go to prison. See, where you got to get a case. And so Chris Rock, when, he, when the man slapped him, he actually let him, let him get away with it. Now, in the, in the eyes of God, the punishment got to come to Smith if he don't repent. He might have repented. I don't know. But in the eyes of justice. See, justice is according to the word of God. So you got to cast down imaginations. 
that it, it, of, and everything that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now, I know I used a, a thing that was hard for people to do, and I did that on purpose. Because right now, even though I'm saying this, many of you still disagree with the word. And that's the problem. Many people disagree with the word. They want to handle things in the flesh. And that's the reason the world is in the shape it is in. First of all, the brother shouldn't have probably been saying anything about his wife. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he meant any harm. But that's why I see to be a comedian, guess what you got to do? You got to slander people. See? See, both of them reaping. See, you got to slander people. See, the words of a talebearer are as, as wounds. They go down to the innermost parts of the belly. So to be a comedian, you got to slander people. You got to criticize people. And the word of God says, speak evil of no man. Now, I've been, I've been guilty of being a comedian. See, I'm going to have to, my, me, myself, I'm going to have to bring my behavior into the, the knowledge of God. I can't slander people. I can't say things to make a person feel bad. You, how many understand that? And then if a person is doing that to you, you don't have the right to physically strike them. See, if I'm walking in love and you walking in love, it can never be an incident like that. But if I get out of love and you stay in love or you get out of love and I stay in love, see, you will still overcome. See, he that is spiritual can restore the one that's not walking in the spirit. So you got to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bring it into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to, to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Now you get saved by grace through faith. Now to yourselves, it is a straight gift of God. When you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you believe God that raised him from the dead, that he died for your sins. That God raised him from the dead, you are saved. But that don't mean you're righteous and holy yet. Well, well, no, it do mean you're righteous. But that don't mean you're sanctified yet. See, Paul wrote a lot of stuff in his writings dealing with sanctification. See, he's telling you, let uh, I'm going to get into it probably later on in the week. But he's he telling you, uh, be angry and sin not. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. If you do that, you got to correct that. He said, let him that lie, stop lying. If you're a liar, you got to correct that. Let him that steal, steal no more. If you steal, you got to correct that. Let him that don't work, let him go to work laboring. If you don't like the work, you got to start going to work. So what you got to do is, first of all, you got to acknowledge that you're wrong. You got to say, Lord, I'm wrong. The word say I'm supposed to be this way. You got to fall out of agreement with that. You got to pull that stronghold down by renouncing that. Renouncing all the hidden works of dishonesty, all the hidden works of darkness. You got to renounce being a liar. You got to say, I'm tired of lying, Lord. I lie. Don't even realize I'm lying. Then when I get caught in my lie, I lie some more. To try to make the man really think I wasn't lying. I know people like that. It's be funny to me. They can't help it. It's a spirit. But you got to pull that down by renouncing it and getting in obedience with God, casting that thing out of yourself in the name of Jesus. A lot to say. 
I'm out of time. Be blessed. Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad that you're with me one more time. We're talking about pulling down of strongholds. Hallelujah. Well, Father, I know some have strongholds in certain areas. Maybe, maybe some have a stronghold in the realms of sickness. Maybe some have a, have a stronghold in the in the realms of, of, of smoking or drinking or things of that sort. Well, Father, I'm asking, Lord Jesus, that you let a grace, Lord, be upon my brothers and sisters this week. That we'll be delivered, Lord, from every stronghold in the name of the Lord Jesus. Well, brothers and sisters, some of us, when we got born again, we had certain things we like to do. Well, may have, have one, they might love women. Uh, if you're a female, you might love different men. Uh, some might have had um, uh, drug problems. He was addicted to cocaine, some of you, or uh, uh, marijuana, or uh, different things of that sort. And I want to let you know that Jesus is the answer. Hallelujah. That you do have a way out of that addiction. That you do have a way out of that sickness. That you do have a way to stop lusting and and practicing immorality. You can do it. But the first thing you have to do is you got to fall out of agreement with it. Now, one of the misconceptions is, in some circles, that when you get born again, that you don't have to sanctify yourself. And that's why you see a lot of people confessing Jesus as Lord, but they still mean as a rattlesnake. Well, one place it says, you know you'll pass from death to life, because you love the brethren. That's how you know you have eternal life when you can't stop loving people. You just love them. And I'm guilty of that, just loving people. I can't help it. And that's how I know I have eternal life. That's how you're going to know. When you just love everybody, and a part of that is walking in forgiveness. When you're when you holding grudge, grudges, you're not walking in love, and you might not have eternal life. But you could pull that stronghold down. See, if you're walking in unforgiveness, you simply say, Lord, you told me that I have to forgive. You're right and I'm wrong. Whoever have unforgiveness right now, I want you to say this. Say, Lord, you told me that I have to forgive. Now say this, you're right and I'm wrong. Now say this, say, I choose to forgive, now call a name, in the name of Jesus. Simply say, I choose to forgive, call their name, in the name of Jesus. Then you say, according to your instructions. And you would need to say that every day, maybe twice a day, until you feel a release from that demon of unforgiveness. Because your body is the temple of God. And you don't want demons to lodge in your flesh. You want to get that demon out of there. How many understand that? You don't want demons because, see, if that demon is there, he's not going to be satisfied just being there and keeping you unforg unforgiveness. He's going to invite in the spirit of infirmity. He's going to invite in the spirit of cancer. See, he's going to invite in the spirit of murder. The Bible says if you're angry with your brother, you are a murderer. It starts off as unforgiveness. 
then it then unforgiveness invite in the spirit of murder. You wasn't at murder at first. You was at unforgiveness first, but it graduated. See, and so it could it could affect you in different ways depending on you know the course of the spirit realm. How that how that goes. I don't know all about that, but I know that's how it works. Whenever you allow Satan to dominate your body, to dominate your mind. If you don't study the word and find out that you don't supposed to do that, it's going to take you to a place. When the Bible said, uh, uh, let him that lie, lie no more. Don't lie to your brothers. Some people, they've been in the law for years, 20, 30 years, and they still liars. Man, you don't know people know you're lying. How long are you going to lie? You're going to do that the rest of your life? No, you got to say, I'm a liar. Lord, I am a liar. Okay, anybody who's a liar, let, let's stop let's stop lying to yourself, telling yourself that you're not a liar. So say, Lord, I am a liar. And Lord, I don't want to be a liar no more. I renounce this thing. And I command the spirit of lying to leave me now in the name of Jesus. You need to say that. And you need to say that every day until you stop lying. When, see, when you find something in the word of God that you're guilty of, it don't mean you're not saved, but if you don't deal with it, it's a punishment behind it. It's a consequence. See, you still might make heaven, but you won't have the abundant life that the Lord has for you because it's a consequence for not pulling down these strongholds. Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter. Let's start at verse one. Sin, therefore sin, we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. That's what I mean by renouncing. We're renouncing the hidden things of dishonesty. Not walking in craftiness. We're not being slick. Nor handling the word of God deceitfully. But by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world have blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Now, when I'm praying for somebody that's not born again, some of you have husbands or wives or children that are not born again. The word of God teaches that if the gospel is hid, it's hid to them that are lost. We know they're lost, right? But it's telling you what's going on in whom the God of this world have blinded. Satan is the prince of the power of the air. He is the God of this world. And the people that don't receive the word or don't believe the gospel, they are blinded by Satan. They are blinded by demons, see? And so what you have to do is you got to say, well, Lord, I'm praying for, name the person, I'm praying for so-and-so. And I bind the spirit of blindness that's operating in Jojo, just use a name. And I pull down that stronghold in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is how you pray. And Father, I pray, Lord, that you'll let illumination come to JoJo's mind, JoJo's spirit. 
that the spirit of blindness is bound in the name of Jesus over Jojo. And that, Father, you will begin to hear the word of God. He will begin to have a burning desire, Lord, to see, seek you, to hear the word. He'll have a burning desire to know more about you, Lord Jesus. I bind the demonic power of blindness that's operating in Jojo, and that's how you pull down the stronghold. So how many times you got to pray that? Just one day? No, you got to keep binding that spirit of blindness until you see that person get born again. How long that's going to take? I don't know. But I know in certain cases, this kind come forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. So, so when you obey the word, you say, well, Lord, I'm going to pray and fast for Jojo. You say, okay, I'm going to start praying and fasting on Tuesday. You say, I'm going to try, I'm going to fast to 12. Fasting is eat no food, don't eat food. No food, no candy, nothing, no food. Say, I'm going to fast to 12. And I'm going to pull down this stronghold on Jojo. Uh, now, uh, next to them, I'm going to fast to three. I'm going to pull down this stronghold on Jojo. Next to them, I'm going to fast to six. I'm going to pull down this stronghold on Jojo. I'm going to repair uh, uh, Lucy's and Tom's marriage. I'm going to bind the spirit of quar quarreling and arguing that's in their marriage. I'm going to bind those strongholds. Uh, you can do it for your own marriage. Say, I'm going to fast and pray. See, we're pulling down strongholds. This kind sometimes come forth by nothing but prayer and fasting if it's a stronghold. Some people have strongholds, stronger than, you know, strongholds than others. They've been rooted in the realms of perversion, and it has graduated to homosexuality. See, things start off small, like I was telling you earlier in, the, in this message, and they graduate to a stronger stronghold. Brothers and sisters, I have a lot to say, but I'm out of time. Be blessed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day. Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to be with you once again. We're talking about pulling down a stronghold. Now, I've said earlier in this week that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Well, brothers and sisters, I bless you and I say to you that you are warriors, that you're blessed and highly favored that the power of God is on the inside of you, that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I feel the spirit of God taking me to Hebrews, the fourth chapter in that verse 12. It says, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace 
that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Now, what is your stronghold today? What are you fighting with? One time years ago, this lady said, I can't stop these cigarettes. I said, oh, I, said I can help you stop. She said, I said, you want me to do it? She, she shook her head, yeah. It was so simple till she wouldn't do it. I said, okay, say this. Say, in the name of Jesus, I refuse to smoke again. And she shook her head, no. The first thing, brothers and sisters, you have to do, you have to agree with God. If God say something is wrong, you have to agree with it. If God say, be not drunk with wine in excess, you have to say, well, Lord, I agree with you. I refuse to be drunk with wine in excess. And this spirit that is trying to make me drunk, I renounce that spirit. I challenge that spirit to lead me now in the name of Jesus. I command you, not challenge. I command you to lead me. See, I was, I was bound by alcoholism. And it ain't until you come up against this thing that it'll lead. If you enjoy getting drunk, you're going to keep getting drunk because God don't deliver you from your friends. God, do not, he does not deliver you from your friends. He delivers you from your enemies. So if you enjoy getting drunk, you're going to continue to get drunk. Now the, now the Bible speaks against fornication and adultery. Well, you can override the Holy Ghost. Even though you're born again, you could, you could yield to that spirit. David said, one place I made a covenant with my eyes. You could choose to yield to I, Right now, I can yield to that spirit or not yield to it. I have plenty of opportunity, if I want to, to yield to adultery. But I choose not to yield to it. Yes, I choose not to yield to it. You have to make a choice. You have to say, you know what? God hates adultery. God hates fornication. And you have to say, well, in the name of Jesus, I renounce adultery. I renounce fornication. I choose not to walk in that evil anointing. See, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. Now, what word would we need to cut that off of, off of us? Because the word is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. It's sharper. It's more sharp than a two-edged sword. It's more potent than a two-edged sword. A two-edged sword is potent, but the word of God is more potent than that, according to the scripture. Well, the scripture you're fighting on, it says, in, in the name of Jesus, you cast out devils. The Bible said that the power of God is mighty in you. Say, the power of God is mighty in me. Say, I have the power of God on the inside of me. See, the power of God is on the inside of you. You need to confess that. Say, I have the power of God on the inside of me. Say it about five or six times. I have the power of God on the inside of me. In the name of Jesus Christ, you cast out devils. The word of God is mighty in you. You, The power of God is mighty in you. You are a mighty woman and man of valor. You are mighty. The weapons of our warfare are not corner, but they are mighty through God. What are your weapons? Your weapon is the name of Jesus. Your weapon is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And the word of God says, in the name of Jesus, you shall cast out devils. Who was right? Jesus or the devil? Jesus said, you have the ability, the power, the anointing to cast out devils in his name. 
So one place the disciples couldn't cast the devil out. But Jesus said, first he told me, he challenged them and told them it was because of their unbelief. But he said, okay, but this kind come forth, but nothing but prayer and fasting. So you got to pull down the stronghold. If it don't work, when you when you saying in the name of Jesus come out, it ain't that the power of God is not there. It's that you got to you got to come in the power of the Spirit. One place Jesus went on a 40-day fast, and I'm not telling you to do that. But if you're reading in Luke 4, it says when he after that fast, he came in the power of the Spirit. Go back and check it out. Now, I hadn't read that part in a while, but I remember it. It said he came forth in the power of the spirit. See, your spirit, man, is built up by profession, as I just read. Let me go back. I was about to go somewhere. Let me go back to Hebrews again. It says in Hebrews 4 and 14, it says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passing to the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Profession means to say a thing even if it appears not to be true. So you, you simply say, I command this spirit of adultery, this spirit of lust, this spirit of fornication to lead me in the name of Jesus. I renounce that spirit. You know, one place it said renouncing all the hidden things of dishonesty. Now, now, now this is written to Christians. You're saved. You're saved. The Bible says you're saved by grace through faith. The Bible says believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your household should be saved. So you're not trying to get saved. What you're doing now, you're sanctifying yourself by the washing of the water, by the word. You're starting to do a examination of yourself. Or you can help others. And you're going to use the word of God to free yourself from bondage. You're going to take the name of Jesus and you're going to break every stronghold. And you're not going to do it one time. If that thing is on you, you're going to keep using that name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, until it's broken. And when you break that, it'll probably be another area the Holy Spirit will reveal to you that you need some work in. But you're not only going to set yourself free, you're going to set your loved ones free. You're going to love them and you're going to take the name of Jesus. And you're going to repair their marriages. You're going to take the name of Jesus. And you're going to heal their bodies. You're going to take the name of Jesus. And you're going to heal their finances. That's what I'm doing now. See, my God supplies all my need according to my, his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's warfare. That's pulling down strongholds. You're not saying what your bank account says. You're saying what the Lord says. Hallelujah. I don't care what my body say. I don't care how my chest hurt. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. You're saying what the Bible say. I, you don't, I don't care what my blood works say. My white blood cells, my red blood cells, and all that are blessed in the name of Jesus. You're using the word of God as a batting ram. And before you know it, all that stuff going to straighten out. The loop is going to go away. The high blood pressure is going away. The diabetes is going away. Right now, now faith is. And you keep on warring and pulling down those strongholds by your intercession, by your prayer. How many understand that? Don't give in. Don't do it one time. Wake up ready to fight. Not in the natural. Not going on stage and slapping people, but ready to fight in the spirit. 
because you have the weapons of God on the inside of you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Be blessed. Hello, brothers and sisters. We're closing out a brand new week. I mean, we're closing out of, not the week, <laughs> not brand new. But anyway, we're talking about pulling down the strongholds. And I'm, I'm aware, like, a lot of people, um, some people have marital troubles. Some people have children on drugs. Some people have diseases that they're contending with. What I want to tell you is, brothers and sisters, be encouraged because you do have the victory. Now, you have to believe you have it before you see it. Say, say I believe I had a victory. Say it again. Say, I believe I had a victory. Now, now God, by his word, he, he, he reverses what Satan has done. By pulling down the stronghold. I don't care what it is. We saw a little kid walk at church that was supposed to never walk. Now he's starting to say words. He wasn't supposed to ever be able to talk. Now we're going to keep believing and keep decreeing what God is doing and it's going to come to pass. God is going to bring it to pass. <clears throat> so you have to stay in faith even when it looks like it's not working. You have to remember when God gave Abraham the promise, it took years before he saw that promise. But the word of God teaches that he stayed in faith. When, when people would say, there's no hope for that case, they say Abraham believed in hope. You could tell a person don't have hope when they start saying, I guess I'm a, just have to do that. I guess I'm going to have to. I guess I'm going to. When they start using that type of vernacular, you know that hope is gone. Before you get them in faith, first you got to get them into hope. And what I want to tell you is I don't care what the situation is. When you tap into the power source by confessing the word of God over yourself, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I am an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, but he gave it over to the children of men. Psalms 112, I think. It's either 112 or 115 that say the heavens, even the heavens are the Lord's. But the earth have he given to the children of men. Psalms 103 and 20 says the angels hearken unto the voice of God's word. God has set you in here to do his work. God can do anything through you. See, he works through people. You got to get that in your spirit. God sent Gideon to deliver people. God didn't come down himself. He sent the man. He sent Gideon. Another place he sent, sent women to, to kill a man, uh, Deborah. Go, go and read the script. God always worked through people. Even when God came to the earth, how did he come? He came through Jesus. When God got ready to deliver the children of Israel, how did he come? He came through Moses, or he worked through Moses. See, your body is the temple of God. Know ye not that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost is God. Your body is the temple of God. God works through you. You have to remember this. So people want strongholds pulled down. You got to you got to do the pulling. You got to pull it down through yourself. You got to pull it down through your neighbor. You have to be diligently to conduct warfare. Your warfare is a war of words. Hallelujah. It's a war of words. 
whose words are going to prevail? Satan decrees are your decrees. See, if you don't counter what Satan is doing, he'll prevail. The, the, uh, the gay community, they're at war. They're filing lawsuits in Florida. They're trying to put perversion on children. They've been at war for years. And uh, they, their warfare is so effective, some of you mad because I just said that because they have convinced you that anybody who speaks against perversion is, is something wrong with them. You understand? Because they are at war. They're at war in your mind, at war in your heart. And I just use that as an example. It's not just in that area. It's many other areas Satan is at war in. But I just want to show you how effective he is. He's so effective, some of you think people who, who condone that kind of stuff, you all think God put them in office and they condone wickedness. And you voted for them people and you put them in office and you think you did the will of the Lord. That's how effective words are. If you hear the wrong words on a daily basis, your mind will be warped just like the words that you're hearing are warped. See, it takes the word of God to bring things back into proper alignment. How many understand that? Well, in Ephesians 6, and at verse 10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. You are in a wrestling match, but it's not against people. See, demons are using people to bring a satanic agenda. And God is using people to bring the godly agenda. Now, I'm trying to recruit more people on God's side. See? I'm trying to recruit. So you got to do warfare in your everyday life to make sure you're not living a life of sin. But you also got to do warfare over the affairs of life. You know, if you don't war, Satan will come in and try to destroy you, your wife, your children, or your husband, your children, your whole family. He's against marriages. Hallelujah, that's why one sister started a marriage fast on Tuesday from 6 to 3 because she warned for married people to get married and warned for people to remain married. You got to fight warfare because the Satan don't want, first of all, he don't want Christians in agreement. And the first person you're agreeing with is your spouse. That's why you in the other room and she in the other room all the time. Satan is doing that. He don't want y'all in agreement. See, that's why you all go for the simplest thing, leaving your shoes in the floor, didn't wash the tub. Some ain't hitting on nothing. You arguing about it. Why? Because Satan won't disagreement there. Because if he has disagreement, you can't destroy him because you're in disagreement and your prayers are hindered, according to Scripture. Devil read the word, too. He, it talks about when you're not on one accord, your prayers are hindered. So you got the war against that spirit of contention. You got to bind it. I bind the spirit of marital strife. I bind the spirit of separation. I bind the spirit of quarreling and arguing and strife and discord. I bind it in the name of Jesus. I bind every spirit of argumentative, whatever it is, I bind it. I drive it out. I refuse to submit to it. And don't let that demon control you. Don't let that demon control your spouse. Walk in love. Put on that whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 12, for we wrestle, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. They're in high places. You see it in D.C.? 
Wherefore, take unto you the whole arm of God, that you may be able to stand, to withstand, and in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. First, you got to have truth. Having on the breastplate of righteousness. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's a scripture that go along with everything I'm saying. That's how you put the arm on. You got to quote a scripture. If you ever want to know how you put the arm on, you don't go to the Wars Army Navy store and buy no camouflage and get a, get a rifle and all that. No, you do it by confession, by profession. Hold fast to your profession without wavering. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're built up by words. Your warfare is by words. We learned from the beginning in Genesis that words, the spirit realm is more powerful than the natural. The spirit created the natural. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Shalom upon you in the name of Jesus. The chastisement of my peace is upon Jesus. See, these are scriptures that go along with this. And above all, taking the shield of faith. Hallelujah. No weapon formed against me shall prosper in the name of Jesus. Wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Hallelujah. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. See, the sword of the spirit is quoting the word, decreeing the word, fighting a good warfare. Coming against sickness, destroying sickness. By the stripes of the Lord, you're healed. My God supplied all my need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. For it is God who is at work within me, both the will and the do of his good pleasure. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I renounce lust. I renounce alcoholism. I renounce arguing and quarreling. I renounce fighting. Hallelujah. You got to get the whole arm of God. Hallelujah. When Abraham was under pressure, he leaned on his Lord. Hallelujah, and that's how you get the victory. Read Hebrews 11 chapter. Be blessed.